The following program is brought to you by the Realm of Collectors. Please stand by and take your seats. Good evening and welcome to Masterpiece Shit Piece Theater. If you would please kindly take your seats. The show will begin momentarily. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's another Friday, another episode of Masterpiece Shit Piece Theater. I'm your host, Nick Brammer, and we've got some of the crew with us this week. Somebody thought it was more important to take family time. Welcome, ladies and, and go gentlemen. go to fucking Hallow Friday, screen. another Fuck episode you, of Masterpiece Shit Piece Theater. He got hung up in Area 51, dude. Host, Nick yeah, fucking He's our Karen. He showed mm. up there with $20,000 in expired Kohl's cash. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> They'll accept that shit, too. Yeah. yeah. Just joking. We love you, Russ. You said hold on? Yeah, overlay. Uh, We're getting video dropout, too. Oh, fuck. We shouldn't be. It comes and then it goes and then it comes and then it goes. Oh, I think that's just like the Kyle squad. Yeah. (laughs) All right. There we go. All right. You could take that any way you wish. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't have it. It's down okay, there man. I can't complain about anybody else having tech problems with my history, bro. Yeah. No, no. I just, I had forgotten to put it in its own window. That's all it was. Yeah. You know, at least YouTube seems to be cooperating this week. So yeah. That was a bear. Fuck yeah, it was. So, peoples, I'm glad to have everybody with us. Absolutely. Let's Go ahead and start with intros. Josh, tell them where you're at on the internet, please. I'm a little bit of everywhere. Uh, you know, I'm like I'm like a bad virus. Uh, a rash. Yeah, yeah, but there's cure for rashes. There's no cure for me. <laughs> but, but you can catch me every Friday on the All Cued Up podcast that I do with my friend Greg. Uh, put out a new episode today, of course, you know, because it's Friday. Uh, covered uh, the new Dave Chappelle special, uh, Bill Burr's new stand-up special, and uh, a cool movie. So go check that out, see what we thought. But do that tomorrow. Stick around here tonight. Yeah. Um, follow me on Facebook, my regular name, you know, my given names on there. It's a public profile, everything I'm linked to. Uh, is linked to my Facebook profile. You can, uh, you can catch me here live every Friday night 
with you guys <coughs> here on this show, on this channel, and also on this channel now, officially, uh, every other Wednesday on Figabingin. Yeah, uh, dude. So I'm, 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 moving I'm, the, I'm the newbie over there. I gotta, I gotta learn my place. I accidentally asked a question I didn't know I wasn't supposed to ask. I thought anybody could ask it at an appropriate time, and I was wrong. And I got Ace put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. all right. But that's me. What about you guys? Rob, tell them where you're at. Currently hiding from the law. Yeah. Truckload of alien technology, <laughs> and it's all coming home. I'm oh, currently yeah, podcasting dude. from somewhere in the West. Set them free, I, man. I bet none of that alien technology had to cure for anything. Little anti-vax kids have already picked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jesus. I vaporized the first trailer. And I stole oh, yeah. a second one. There you oh. go. There you go. You see the say, good part about smallpox. The good part about being a truck driver. Is those trucks are pretty universal. They'll hook up to a lot of trailers. I got the good shit. <laughs> he got the, the mothership. He, he, he he's got like 17 busted ass microwaves and a fucking Zenith TV from the 70s with rabbit ears. They're from Area 51. The bitches are going on eBay. I was just saying, put them on eBay. Highly radioactive. Buy at your own risk. <laughs> Uh, is that why that shit's glowing and it's not plugged in? Yeah, and your balls hurt. <laughs> Fuck, I lost all my hair! Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Did y'all see that fucking episode of South Park where they all get ball cancer? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and they're riding around <laughs> on them like those fucking things you can buy yeah. back in the day. Like a pogo ball. What do you call them? I forget. Humpity. Humpity <laughs> hop. Like hop, yeah. I was going to say humpity dumpity. Oh my god, that shit. Humpity dumpity. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Humpity this dumpity. is gonna be a good show, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking gone. Yeah, what you all don't realize is that the humpity dumpity is Nick's power sex move. Yeah. You gotta be ready, Kate. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the humpity dumpity, and then, and then the they reverse break the bed around. <laughs> the reverse reach around. No, dude, Nick reaches all the way around his body and Kate's and then just gives himself a hand job. Yeah, right in between. Oh if, I didn't, yeah. if I didn't have arms like a small child, that would be doable. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, tell him where you're at on the internet. <clears throat> Insta Sam89 on Instagram. Sam me in the groups. Um, and then here on Friday night, I wanted to read something that, that was commented on, on our promo. And this was from from Chuck C. <laughs> this is funny, man. This dude's funny. So we were talking about, um, you know, Russ being our resident Karen. He's a total you know, com- complaining to the manager. <laughs> and, um, and Josh just reiterated that fact. Like, yeah, it would be Russ. But Chuck said this. He said, no, Russ only makes wanton rants into the void of the internet. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm sorry that Russ isn't here to defend himself, but I thought that was hilarious, man. And and, and, and keep doing that, guys. He'll, if you got something he'll, funny he'll make to comment, a video about it tomorrow, and bitch. Oh, I, I can't wait, dude. I can't wait because I need something to base the promo off for next week. But if if you got, uh, this fucker's like, in the chat, by the way. Who Russ? Yeah, 
<laughs> I thought you were a hollow scream, you motherfucker. <clears throat> God, God damn, what he's the hell is this cast? You got Sam that was podcasted or uh, texting us from the beach. <laughs> yeah, Russ texting us from a roller coaster. Yeah, man. No, but I feel like if someone if, – if there's a funny comment on these promos, I, I will say them. I'll say them on air and shout you out. Shout out to Chuck C. That dude's funny. I got your language, Walter. All right. Nick, where are you at, dude? I'm in the stratosphere right now, gentlemen. Stratosphere. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook is Nick Brammer, Twitter, Brammer underscore Nick, and Instagram at masterpiece underscore shitpiece. So, guys – we had oh wait some tech problems last week. We oh did. what? We did. Yeah, fuck YouTube. Yeah, fuck YouTube. And um, just back on it. Fucking what? You want to do Josh. a quick fantasy update? And then yeah, you do that. that. Yeah, All you right. do that. So. Right. Oh wait, we have a fantasy thing going on. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, didn't I beat you, Nick? Mm-hmm. Hey, this is why he didn't want to do it, Josh. He's like, oh, I like, forgot. Fucking like fifty <laughs> points or some shit. Right on. I'm on your. I'm on your bullshit, Rob. Just not doing anything, man. I keep forgetting. Me too, dude. I'm like, I'm grading papers, man. I can't. <laughs> All right. Uh, screen share. And now to. At it. There we go. Uh, this week in the MPSP Theater League, which is the five of us, you know, versus friends of the show. And uh, some people didn't fare too well this week. Um, first of all, as we just mentioned, Sam... Actually won and beat Nick. Uh, Nick has started out 0-2, and, and he's sitting at 8th place overall currently, last in the division. I'm going to uh, retire now. Go out, lost, go out on a high note. He lost 199.96 to 256.66. So it was even fucking worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 50, I'm a throat punching you fucking points. hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eric B's Kreshikons, they were victorious over Jason Lowry's, uh, the replacements. Uh, Jason drops to 0-2 and two with ninth overall, and Eric moves up, uh, he's 2-0 and o to 3rd overall. He won 239.20 to 178.92. Uh, Rob, he, uh, pulled off his first victory of the season after his, uh, <clears throat> opening week loss to me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I feel yeah. it right up the dull hole. He uh, he he beat he beat he beat uh, Walt's Galvatron Rage two fifteen point five to two sixteen point eighty eight. Uh, so you know Walt, he talked a lot of shit last year on us, and he opened up with a big victory in week one. We're like, damn, he might be something, but you know Rob put him, he put the smack down on him. Uh, this, this this place. Week, so. Do you feel it? Ha! Ha! <laughs> uh, Vinny, uh, Skinny Vinny, aka Half a Meatball, he uh, he 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 put a hand a handy victory down onto Anna's backyard defenders, one two twenty nine point forty four to one seven six point six six. 
you know, he's first overall in points scored in the league. He's first in his division. As for myself, I took on Russ, and I beat the dog shit out of Russ, just like I said I was going to do that little fucking cupcake last week. Y'all were here, y'all were here, y'all heard the shit, I said I'm fucking you up, and I did. Biggest blowout of the week, I beat him 274.54 to 166.26. So little Cupcake Karen had to cry about it and took this week off and made up the excuse. <laughs> oh, I'm taking my family to Bush Garden. Family vacation, even though he's in the chat. It. Yeah, he's in yeah. the chat. Fuck mm-hmm. him. Little fucking princess is soft. He falls. He's texting and driving right now. He probably <laughs> hit a pole. Uh, Anna's probably driving. Oh, she knew Anna's driving. She ain't yeah. going to let him touch nothing. Uh, <laughs> oh, especially that new ride. Keep your mitts off. So he falls to one to one. Um, yeah. So. I just want to say that at least I haven't had a sub two. Oh, I guess I did have a sub 200 game. Oh, well, never mind. Well, it's only .04 (laughs) points away from a sub 200 game, so it's okay, man. I'll call it 200 points. Uh, so yeah, this week I'm facing Nick. It looks like it's going to be a close one. He had, uh, players last night in the Thursday game, all minor Sunday and Monday players, so... I'm slated right now to win by seven, six points. Uh, Russ is taking on Vinny. He's assured another defeat. Um, sorry, that's just the way it is, Russ. Vinny's going to kick his shit out of you. Uh, Eric, he's facing Walt. And while Walt's up uh, 35 and a half points right now, Eric's slated to win by, oh, wow, about 60 points there. Uh, Lowry is... Uh, slated to up, win KJ? over Anna. And Rob is slated to beat the shit out of Sam. So we'll see how that happens next oh, week. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, that's the fantasy update. Alright. Alright, guys. Last week, we had tech problems. So you only caught from 4 to 10 on the Friday the 13th list. And I spent time on that shit. So y'all gonna have to hear the rest. Get this work. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So the way I wanted to start this off was by going through some of the origins of Friday the Thirteenth. Origins. 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 <laughs> origins. You know what the fuck I'm saying? He's got that Florida accent. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent it is. It's just mad misper- mad mispronunciations everywhere. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, the f- superstitions over Friday the 13th date back to the Bible. Um, Judas was the 13th guest to show up for the Last Supper. Jesus died on Good Friday. So, Jabus! Fucking, yeah. So, that's the start of most of the superstition. Um, there were some other things that happened on Friday the 13th that were pretty significant. Tem- the Templars were arrested in France, the Knight Templar, by Philip IV of France because he wanted basically to use their wealth to funnel his war chest. There was an Italian composer, Giochini Rossini, who was <laughs> very. He had a fear of Friday the 13th and he died on it. Oh, wow. What to have been him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what brought most of Friday the 13th into the modern 
consciousness was there was a 1907 novel by Thomas W. Lawson called Friday the 13th. It was a story about a stockbroker who takes advantage of the Friday the 13th superstition to cause a Wall Street panic. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start with the first Friday the 13th. It was released in 1980. Um, it was directed by Sean Cunningham and written by Victor Miller. Starred Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees, Angel Adrian King as Alice, and Kevin Bacon as Jack. People think this was his first movie, but he had already done Animal House and a few other things. Tom, Zav Tom Savini created the effects for this movie, which has some of the most iconic kills and slasherdom, uh, especially uh, Kevin Bacon's. Oh, fucking Robson and shit. Um, Kevin Bacon's <laughs> death where the arrow comes through his throat. Um, it was achieved by having Kevin Bacon lie down and they basically built a false neck and torso on top of him. And Tom Savini was under the bed and just like twisted the arrow up through and they had a blood bag. So that's how that kill was done. Uh, it was pretty significant because it was... Since uh, for slash for slasher films, it was the first one where a woman was the killer. There had been other movies dating back to the 30s and even 20s with female killers, but this was probably the first modern movie with a female killer. Um, one of the cool things that um, a lot of people don't know is in Pamela Voorhees' death scene, that's actually not the actress Betsy Palmer. That is Tom Savini. And if you look, when the hands come up like this and her head goes flying, there's hair <coughs> on the knuckles. <laughs> and that's Tom Savini. Did he do the stunts for all the sex scenes that feature her as well? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. He's notorious for being a blue hair chaser. Notorious stunt cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in the stunt cock. <laughs> All right. Any of you guys have any questions about the first Friday the Thirteenth? What day did it nope. come out on? I have no idea. It um, was not. It did not come out on Friday the Thirteenth. The first Friday the Thirteenth to come out on Friday the Thirteenth comes a little later. Anybody else? Wait. So. Jace, so she was the killer in that one. Yes, was, um, Jason has a Jason doing. I'm sorry. What was the actual Jason doing? He was um, dead. Jason he was being dead, man. Yeah, wasn't he like chained up in the ocean or in that lake? No, that's a that comes later too in mm. part six. We talked about oh, that wow, one last okay. week, and everybody can see that. Um, Jason has a small cameo at the end where he appears when you think the lead heroine Alice is basically safe and she's out on a little rowboat after she beheaded uh, Betsy Palmer's Pamela Voorhees and this mongoloid kid comes up out of the water and like flips her off the fucking rowboat and that's Jason. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, moving on to part two. It was directed by Steve Miner after Sean Cunningham, Victor Miller, and Savini walked from the project. Believing a movie based on Jason was a stupid idea. Cunningham returned <laughs> to help with casting and pre-production. 
starred Amy Steele as Ginny, John Fury as Paul, and Adrian King returned for Alice. Tom McBride played Mark, the kid in the wheelchair, which has one of the more iconic kills in Friday the 13th, where Jason basically slammed a machete into his head while he was on his wheelchair, and he goes down the fucking stairs in the wheelchair with a fucking machete wedged in his head. <laughs> Ralph from the first movie, um, the guy that's like, you're gonna die, there's a death curse, was murdered in this movie. He was strangled with wire. What kind of wire? Uh, fucking, God, cheese wire. Fucking piano wire, like a real fucking G. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> which which keys wire? Uh, some I of it's super razor fine, and then some of it's thick. Whatever well, they're using. Jason's a pretty stout mongoloid, so I'm <laughs> sure he probably used some good fucking gauge on that wire. It's probably like a deep bass key. Yeah, like one of the ones that goes. Um, Adrian King had a stalker and only agreed to return if she had a small part. This guy had actually broken into her house. Wait, like a real life stalker? Yeah, like a real life wow, stalker. Dude. So, like, she, she was really ups- She was really upset and basically just wanted her character killed off so that she, she believed the stalker would leave her alone. Um, it's one of the first celebrity stalker cases. In Wait, and you said you said a dude had broken into her house. Yeah, dude broke into her house and was just waiting there for her. Damn, dude, and Russ isn't even here to defend himself. I know uh, <laughs> that fucker. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't know. It could have been Russ, or it could have been you know Russ, some <laughs> formerly employed wide receiver who shall remain nameless. <laughs> fucking Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, sorry. Oh, fucking monster. <laughs> Store for another time. <clears throat> yeah. Sleeping with the fishes. Wait, so real quick, do you know Nick? Did she do anything after this, or um, she just kind of lead a normal life? I believe she led a normal life, but there's always IMDb to see. Yeah. What's her name? Adrian King. Okay, I'll look that up. I got it, son. I'm at least good for something. <laughs> Well, she was born in Oyster, B- Oyster Bay on Long Island. Uh, shit, she had she has some roles, man. Um, in some movies, we might have. She was in Hair. She was an uncredited dancer. Again, in Saturday Night Fever, an uncredited dancer. Um, there was a short movie called Back to the Lake. Uh, and Back to the Lake Two. Uh, let's see. Where is the shit? Um, hmm. Oh, she was. She's got some crew credits for some movies. Um, she was on the crew in The Good Son, and also Wolf with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jack Nicholson. So what you're saying is pretty much she never acted again. Yeah, um, that's what it's looking like. She's had some very small roles in what looked like to be fan films, but. Other than that, yeah, she basically was run off from acting from this asshole stalking her. Excuse me. Jackass. Warrington Gillette was credited with playing Jason, but he dropped out due to injuries. Most of the scenes were done by stuntman Steve Dash. 
Jason's look was inspired by the killer in the town that dreaded sundown. It was a 1976, I believe, movie that um, was basically a grindhouse movie. And <clears throat> while not really considered a slasher movie, it had a lot of the same overtones as your more famous slasher movies. Uh, this movie also has the only time in the series that Jason was portrayed by a woman. Ellen Luter, a member of the cast, uh, excuse me, the crew, um, what played Jason in the scene, in the, the very first scene where you see Jason walking across the street and all you see is her legs. Tom Savini was unavailable uh, to do the effects because he was doing The Burning, which is a classic. If anybody hasn't seen that, it's Jason Alexander's first film. And that's a real classic of the uh, slasher genre. And um, Savini really went to town with the effects on that. And you can see it, that's just as just as influential as Friday the 13th or Halloween in the way the kills were done. Um, this char- this uh, slasher, he, his name was Cropsy. <laughs> what was he doing making circles out in fields? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, it was a fucked up story. Like, he was a maintenance man at a summer camp and the kids like all he was an old drunk so the kids fucked with him one night and put like this maggot infested head they got from a medical school in his uh fucking uh like his bunk and so like he comes in fucking drunk sees that head and starts flipping out and like slammed it to the floor and his whole house went up in fire and so he has to go to like the burn unit and shit and (laughs) All this crazy shit. And then he comes back to that same camp and starts with people. Very reminiscent of Jason, but it's original enough that um, anybody who hasn't seen it should if you're a fan of the genre. Um, So since Savini was unavailable, they went to Stan Winston for the effects. Good choice. Yeah. If you don't know who Sam, uh, excuse me, Stan Winston is, he's famous for Aliens, Terminator. Jurassic Park, Predator, Glory, Godfather 3, Silence of the Lambs, and Philadelphia. Damn. Um, not to interrupt, but I'm going to. Uh, Stan Winston, back in early 2000s, made this awesome little short film. It was a Batman short film. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. I'll try to find it. But it was... The dude that played Batman was pretty awesome in it, but he was going up against the Joker. He had the Joker cornered, was going to kill him, and then a damn xenomorph shows up and kills the Joker. Are you talking about those like Bat in the Sun things? No. No, like way before. Oh, okay. Yeah. A xenomorph shows up and kills the Joker, and then Batman, you know, he takes out the xenomorph with the help of a predator, and then he fights this predator. And then there's a shitload of predators surrounding him at the beginning after he takes out one of the predators. That's pretty. It was pretty fucking awesome. You know, it's like 10, 15 minutes, but very cool. I'll try to find it, and if I can, I'll uh, I'll 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 put the link out there for anybody that wants it. Yeah, man. Yeah, Stan. I mean, Stan Winston, uh, Rich Baker. Tom Savini, they're all giants in the film, uh, yeah. in the film industry. Uh, Savini actually now has a uh, special effects school. 
and you can uh there was a documentary on it on youtube it's only like 45 minutes and stuff and you actually get to see savini's house and like he talks about how like he's traded like working on smaller movies for studios to um get like props from movies that he's like so he has like a xenomorph head he's got all sorts oh really yeah Yeah, it's cool it's like the house that i've always wanted you know yeah yeah all right Oh, I found it actually. It's called Batman Dead End, and it wasn't by okay. It wasn't by um, Stan Winston, but Sandy Calora, who tutored under Stan Winston. My bad. I've I've seen that before. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard of it. I'm not sure I've seen it. It's it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty ba- I mean, as in awesome. It's only eight minutes long. So who's bad? All right, guys. Part three was filmed in 3D. It was directed by Tom McLaughlin. Richard Brooker played Jason. Probably the most, besides being in 3D and all the 3D effects, um, it's probably most famous for being the first film with the hockey mask. Uh, Martin J. Sadoff came up with it. It was first seen an hour into the film. Another thing that this film started was uh, the production name was Camp Japan. Started a trend for the Jason movies being uh, misnamed so that people wouldn't know it was a Friday the 13th movie. Um, And they used Bowie songs. So you guys will see if you watched last uh, last week's episode where I kind of made that a theme throughout the thing where, you know, it was all the different Bowie, Bowie songs. This was the one that was released on Friday the 13th, Josh. And also, Amy Steele, who was Ginny, declined to return for the film. Mm. Uh, This one has some really um, iconic kills, um, including Jason's first ranged kill with the spear gun. Uh, And the effect for it was pretty awesome because, like, the spear comes right at you. While you're watching, oh, the movie like 3D, 3D. Huh? yeah. Um, so those were the first three films. I'm sorry that last week got cut off and everything, and um, but I know a few people have hit me up and said that they really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah. I wanted to go ahead and get the first three three films, and I know Gary's on part four right now, and he's you know he's enjoying them. He's never gone through the Friday the Thirteenth movies before. So it's been pretty cool. Gary's been messaging me throughout the week with like, oh my god, this happened, this happened, this happened. <laughs> yeah. man, shout out to Gary, man. That was cool that he mentioned it and brought it up on Breaking the Mold Tuesday night, which uh, also airs on this very channel at 8pm. Um, you know, it was cool that he watched it and dug that enough to check it out. So that's really cool. And yeah. we we want to do more stuff like that for you guys. So if there's anything you guys are interested in and would like to hear about that you've never checked out before, hit us up. Maybe we'll take that into consideration, right? Absolutely. We've got some more stuff planned, and we'll roll it out as it comes along. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get to the meat and potatoes of this show, which is going to be our news. So... Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson have been both confirmed for the Ghostbusters reboot. Sweet. Fuck yes. Yeah. That's all the win right there. I'll go see it just for that reason. Yeah. I I was going to go see it anyway because it's, you know, Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan. 
Yeah. You know? So keeping it in the family. Yeah, and I'm hoping that fucking Bill Murray, you know, fucking gets on it. I I, I loved Venkman. He was one of my favorite characters when I was a kid out of oh, all the movies. The eternal smart ass. Yeah. And it just it, it, it's good that they're involved. I know, you know, some of them were involved with the female remake. It's just I really did not enjoy that movie. I think the level of involvement was a lot smaller too. Yeah. The the thing is, I enjoy those actresses. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Hemsworth. Yeah. That movie didn't suffer from casting. That movie suffered from terrible fucking writing. Yes. You're talking about Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. The female, yeah, that's what I heard, the female reboot. Hey, dude, not surprised because all the all the people that were in it, um, like Leslie Jones and um. Yeah, they're hilarious. Gee, I hate Melissa McCarthy. So, but yeah, I'm not a fan of her. her but her the three, on, but what's what's the girl? The other one, Kirsten Wig, and yeah, she's, um, she's hilarious. Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon oh awesome. man. Yeah. So it's like I remember when like hearing reviews of that movie, I was like so surprised that it was bad. Because I'm like, how could like with a cast like that? I'm like, how could they fuck that up? Pretty the much. Writing. Yeah. Yeah. It's writing and directing. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded if it was a good movie, you know. But like that movie made me hate Kristen Wiig. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I, I go back and I watch her Saturday Night Live stuff and I still enjoy that. But like, oh, I had like the, like, just hate. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there, there's stuff out there though that you can watch. It'll renew that. That yeah, you, you'll enjoy. And with Leslie Jones, all I have to do is read her Twitter account, and I'm just, oh, I love you, Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, actually... your, thing, your thing with She-Hulk, that's my thing with Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, just a quick tidbit. There's a uh, a movie on Netflix that you would love, Nick, that has all three of them in it, Leslie uh, Jones, Kate McKinnon, and Kirsten Wiig, that they're also in with Owen Wilson and Zach Galifianakis and Jason Sudeikis. Uh, it's called Masterminds. Uh, oh, okay. It, it's fucking hilarious. It's based on a true story that happened in the late 90s about these people in North Carolina that robbed a Wells Fargo truck. And at the time, it was the largest bank robbery in United States history. Mm. But they turned it into a comedy. Uh, Sweet. But yeah, you can like see it. Like what? Pain and Gain. Oh, okay. That was based on a true story. Too. Yeah, that that movie is hilarious, man. Yeah, I love that movie. This that's a Michael Bay movie. Michael Bay movie. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry. I just oh, it's okay. To throw it out there. I mean, it's it's a fucking hilarious movie. <clears throat> oh, and also, uh, just thinking about it, Dan Aykroyd was actually on Rogan, uh, like a week or two ago, and that was an awesome episode. Uh, they start talking about like uh, his Crystal Skull vodka, and they go into all like. Dan Aykroyd's like paranormal like beliefs and shit. Yeah, man. It's really been into that shit all his life. Yeah. yeah so it's it's really he, interesting to watch. That's how they came up. That was a part of how they came up with the Ghostbusters was because yeah. Harold Ramis was big into that shit too. Yeah, I mean, but not like Aykroyd was. No, nobody's on that level, dude. He did like a series or some shit. Like a, he had a series on, was it sci-fi? Sci-fi or... and never aired. <laughs> he probably um, didn't act like was on Rogaine, probably. Shaking my head. <laughs> yeah, that that dude's still brown-headed, man. Mm-hmm. 
It drives me crazy, dude. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd is just me if I would have been successful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. I love All right, guys. So much. Yeah, he's funny, man. Dude, I even like him in that stupid ass movie, uh, Nothing But Trouble, where he yeah, plays the old ass judge. I hated that movie when it came out. I haven't watched it in so long, though, but I might have to revisit it soon just to remind myself how terrible it really is. That's one of it's those also, movies you want to watch like with a bunch of buddies to make fun of it. And also, it's significant because it's also Tupac Shakur's first movie role. Wow. Well, yeah, all of Digital when, Underground was in it. Yeah. Was it? When Tupac was nothing but a hype boy who danced. He was a dancing flavor flave is what he was. Basically. There you go, Walt. There's some love for you. All right, guys. Uh, next up, NBC Universal has named their streaming service. <laughs> yeah, I'm already laughing. This is silly. <laughs> it's going to be called the Peacock. So they're gonna yeah. have, they're gonna have Friends, Frasier, Peacock. Yeah, Friends, Friends, yes, Frasier. They are not getting Seinfeld because Netflix just signed a huge <laughs> deal to get Seinfeld. Yes! Yes! That makes me happy. <laughs> Look at um, Sam with that enthusiasm for Netflix. I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld and Friends, I never liked at all. I never watched an episode of Friends, but Seinfeld, oh my god. Yeah, that's yeah, Seinfeld was so boring. Greg and yeah. I have... Uh, Greg and I had this conversation uh, all queued up, actually. He liked Friends, but hated Seinfeld, and I liked Seinfeld, but hated Friends. See, I hate them both. Kindred spirits, man. Telling Cheers. You. Cheers. Cheers was my shit. Cheers, Cheers is supposed to go on there. Cheers was awesome. Cheers was I wasn't good. a fan of Frasier, though. Oh, God, dude. Me I love Frasier. I never, I never watched that either. I was a little... It's pretty fucking I didn't, good. I didn't watch Seinfeld until, like, 2005 probably like the i only, never watched it when it was on i watched it when i was um i just like discovered it on my own like when i was in high school the only noteworthy moment from seinfeld i remember is <laughs> no soup for you other yeah. than that the rest of it just fucking sucked what about the oh, whole, i mean i did a total seinfeld quote a few weeks back and you about died i was in the pool i was in oh, the pool. Oh. okay that one <laughs> Dude, the Seinfeld is episode. I feel like there's just so much pop culture that's come from that, from from Seinfeld, man. That, <laughs> but that's because motherfuckers haven't seen Night Court. Oh, Night Court was, was awesome. <laughs> there was a great show. Fucking Harry Anderson. Yes. Uh, fucking Bull. Yeah, Dude. boy. And who was the lawyer? Oh God, John um, Larroquette is Dan. Fiel. Yeah. <laughs> And then you had, um, what was her name that played Christine? Uh, shit. I can't think of her name either, and I can see her face. Yeah. Marky Post. Yeah. Yep. But damn, oh my God, those, that was. Marsha Warfield is Ross. Yeah. <coughs> uh, and then, uh, the, yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, dude. Oh, I was just seeing how many I could think off the top of my head. I mean, you yeah. know, Mac was the only other one that was uh, the main cast. Because the original bailiff before Roz, Selma, she passed away during the series production. Mm. Yeah. 
Dude, Mac was the shit too, though. That was a great show, man. You know that God, show yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing to be resurrected. Not as like a reboot, but like a continuation. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. All the actors are still alive. No, Harry Anderson died. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, Harry Anderson died a couple of years ago. Oh. Yeah. All right, reboot canceled. <laughs> um, the other reason why the Peacock is going to be significant is there's going to be a Battlestar Galactica relaunch. It's not yeah, going to be a reboot. It's going to be a continuation and build on the last one with Ed, uh, Edgar James almost. See, I can slow myself down. What you guys down. think about that, man? Did you did you like that? I that caught only a couple episodes, <laughs> and I liked it a lot. I thought like the production value was great. Um, yeah, yeah. I liked Odama. I liked how they made the Cylons more human. You're talking about so, Barack Odama? Are they more human than human? <laughs> <laughs> more human than a human. Zombie was on Rogan too. Dude, I liked on that show, like, the, the space battles, like, how quiet they were. Just because, like, it's like, you know you can't hear shit in space, but it's like, um, most yeah. most movies don't, uh, like, they, like, have sound effects or whatever, but they, like, Dude, turn them off. I, I want to see a sci-fi movie where all the space battles, everything that happens in space, there's not a goddamn sound through the thing just to Dude. see people in the fucking theater go yeah what get what's going on with my money back i can't yeah. could you imagine they be looking looking at each other looking left and right look at the person next to you they're an idiot you know right. like, I, I would be i would be the asshole going yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what i liked about that because it was like it was all just kind of like they still had some because I, I i don't know i feel like you you have to have some sound to tell to kind of like tell the story, but with that show, it was like all like very muted, and I thought that that was cool. Yeah, like you, you the, said in space, no one can hear you scream. That's the amazing. other. The other it thing that they're going to be doing is they're going to be rebooting The Office, the American version. Okay, so we get another lame ass parkour fucking show and. Yeah, that that was one that started strong and fell off for me, man. Yeah, I I have never watched The Office. The English, either uh, one, either one, either one. I know the English one is superior in every way, um, but I've never seen either version. Uh, and yeah. I'm curious because I know The Office over here ran for a good what six, seven, eight seasons. I think Long nine, time. man. I think nine. So. I will say that, that, like, that's one of the reasons why I am so resistant to get into a TV show because, like, that was one that started off so good, and it's like they kind of told the story that they needed to tell, but then they were like, they "Well, shit, ratings, yeah, rating, ratings were high, everybody loved it, so they just kept it going," and, and and I kept watching it, and I was like, "This isn't this isn't good anymore." So, it was on. Like Netflix or Hulu or something for a while, I tried to rewatch it, and it's just goddamn cringe. Dude, so that that's one where like kids kids today are like really into that man. Like, um, yeah, and like not that my, not that my kids are, but like I teach middle school kids, and they're always talking about it. Hmm. But I, I think that's one of those like funny funny things, like that and Friends, dude. That's funny the enough. porno version they're watching, buddy. 
yeah, it's code word. Yeah, because it's like it's like that show and Friends, like like they have stayed relevant. <clears throat> you know, I think because of because of being on Netflix. Yeah, that could be. But um, but yeah, like I said, I was saying like like yeah. the kid kids kids love it, man. They love it, so I'm sure it's gonna do well. Yeah. I don't know. I gotta put, come up with some shows for Netflix because a buddy of mine has like he's the anti-technology. This guy doesn't watch TV. He doesn't fuck around with like much for YouTube. Like <laughs> wait, he's wait, not vaccinated. <laughs> you gotta come up with some shows for Netflix. What he what? got a Netflix account this week. <laughs> so he's wanting suggestions of things to watch. Okay, yeah. Now, well, if, now, if only there were a fucking podcast that had recommendations available. I that came out yeah, Friday. I would have to be huh. able to tell him how to operate a podcast. I was gonna say, wouldn't he be? He wouldn't he be no. against that. That's a, <laughs> but that's a whole. Imagine if you were itself. trying to give recommendations to Fred Sanford. <laughs> I love you, the guy to death. But you big dummy. Fucking. So that's God, like giving Walt Netflix Walt. suggestions to Walt, basically. <laughs> Oh, maybe. Um, <sighs> no, man, Rob, hit me up after the show, and I'll get you a list of some good shit for him. I was pointing him in uh, some of the classic horror flicks that are on there. and mm-hmm. He used to be a big fan of Alien, the, the movie series, Aliens and Predator series. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Dude, I watched the new Predator. Oh, my God, dude. Is it bad? It is Predators or B-A-D bad. I, I haven't were you able to catch it? it? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that tonight. No, they, Josh. I caught him giving mass at the local parish, though. But I, you know, I called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's predator. No, but um, yeah, it was bad, dude. Oh fuck. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say something. Wasn't Olivia Munn in it? Because there was a huge controversy about yeah, some, dude. somebody that worked on that movie was like a sexual harasser, and then like Olivia Munn did can, the movie and then started we, killing that guy. Can we get a mod in the chat to uh, delete E.E. Prime's comments? I mean, come on now. <laughs> He's a hater. He's a hater. All right, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was in it, and she man, she's still bad to me. I'm, you guys remember when she what was she on on um. What was that show called on G4? Attack of the Show, bro. Attack of the yeah, Show, man. I used to watch that all the time when I was in... I guess I was in like early high school when that came out. I didn't mind her on that. Um, well, she seemed like she knew what she was talking about. It was before she had whatever surgery she had to uh, fuck with her face. Oh, dang. <laughs> man, um, was like her... her, like, her did, she did, had, had work done, man. Like, if you look at her on Attack of the Show and then you look at her in uh, fucking Apocalypse, like, her face is completely changed. So, like, and she had a uh, relationship with, uh, fuck, Aaron Rodgers that went, like, south. Yeah, yeah. And her nudes are good. Those gotcha fucking leaked. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Sarah Jean Underwood was on that show, but the one I had the biggest crush on on Attack of the Show was fucking Morgan Webb. Yes. Yeah, dude, she was bad. Oh. Man. I just liked them all, man. I would just sit there and um. Never mind. Jacking yeah. it, jacking it, jacking yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Were you down in San Diego when you did it? Yeah. No, I was down in my. <laughs> I was down in my mom's basement, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> no one was looking. Yeah, man. I was all by myself. I was pretty unsupervised as a kid, man. <laughs> We're finding yeah. more and more out about that each week. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to have to. And he was thinking about She Hulk the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like, gonna have to like <laughs> fucking string together all these Sam clips so that we can get like a expose. expose. <laughs> <laughs> just go to my wife and be like, "This is the monster of the husband. <laughs> this is what you married. Are you proud of yourself, dude? It, hey, gosh, it would be Morgan Webb, but if you could like click those little dots on the side and go like this, and I can see his wife it. going, "Hey, but at least he's honest about it." Yeah. Yeah, dude. Hey, you have you guys ever seen that movie? Um, dude, where's my car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember, you remember at the end when there was that giant woman? Yeah. Like fifty feet tall. That's it. That yeah, Sam be, walked out with a huge boner at the end of that movie. If I believed in heaven, that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of Sam and his uh, uh, fetish for being held by someone cosplaying as <laughs> She-Hulk, um. Nick's We're still picking application. Said, Do you want me to carry <laughs> Sam around like a baby at TFCon? So everybody, <laughs> let's encourage, uh, you know, m- Mrs. Brammer when she's at TFCon. Name and you're asking I know her, her name. Do. I'm saying I didn't want. I just didn't want to say. Hey, let's ask Kate to go out there. She's being respectful. Right, I was being res- respectful. So yeah, let's all <laughs> say, Hey, Kate. Cosplay as She-Hulk for one afternoon and carry Sam around the convention floor for an hour and just cuddle him and pet him. I mean, he's about the, the weight of a chihuahua, so you, you should be alright It's not even anything sexual, man. Nick said he didn't want that to happen, but I figured, you know, it's fair game since he's always hitting on Anna in front of Russ on here. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's, here's the question. How all right, will you guys it? have just fucked it up. I'm going to bang fucking Anna at TFCon now. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait! Is that the trade-off for us to paint Kate green and have her carry around Sam? I guess I'm okay fucking, with this. I, 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 it don't matter if we're okay with it. God damn! I don't want to see Russ first. shooting people. Oh my god, he's gonna kick our ass at the TFCon so bad. Uh, he's a cupcake. He can't even win a fantasy football game. <laughs> oh. Jesus. <laughs> Poor Russ. You know, hey, Russ, hey, that's what Poor you get, Russ. man. Not a, not here to defend yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm never missing a show again. Wait, we were on a topic? <laughs> Josh is like 12 seconds. Blow, blowing up spots like 6969. Hey, here's the thing. I told Nick I was going to say that shit on the show. He just didn't remember. I don't have a good memory right now. Dude, Russ is going to complain to the manager. (laughs) (laughs) If nobody nobody fucking... Wait, Brammer is the manager. (laughs) Yeah, he's the Brammager. But, yo, if nobody fucking photoshops Russ with a Karen haircut, uh, I'm going to have words. Where you at, dude? I I got you. I got you. Fucking Lowry, get on that shit. He's got a stack of Cole's cash. Because I'm uncomfortable, we're going to move on to the Marvel shit. (laughs) Hey, let's go. All right, guys. Um, There's been a series written by Mark Wade that's come out that's Basically considered a 
companion to Marvel's called The History of the Marvel Universe. And they've just confirmed that the most powerful mutant of all time is Franklin Richards. I mean, which, if you if you know the character, it's not that surprising. Yeah, and it, I mean, yeah. he's always kind of been billed as like an Omega level level mutant, at least, right? Yeah, and like, there's so much incontinuity shit with, you know, him and Galactus in Earth X. He becomes Galactus and is an even more powerful version of him. Mm-hmm. Um. In other things in the future, Galactus has become Franklin Richards' herald. Yeah, that's cool. So when Franklin Richards was gonna like show up and fuck shit up, Galactus would show up and be like, "You have five minutes to leave before God comes." <laughs> <laughs> um, just some history on Franklin Richards. He's reading Sue Richards of the Fantastic Four's child. Um, he was the one that created the pocket universe that saved the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and other characters that ended up going into the Heroes Reborn universe when Image um, was doing the Marvel titles for a little bit. Um, after that, and just recently in Secret Wars, him and the Molecule Man, Owen Reese, created, uh, recreated the Marvel multiverse. After the um, incursions that Jonathan Hickman was writing about in Avengers, yeah. So it's it's not surprising, but it's good to have confirmation. You know that this dude is the most powerful mutant that's ever walked the planet. There's no more. There's no more discussion. There's no more. Oh well, X Men is uh, Mad Jim Jaspers or whoever else the fuck you want to throw out there. Franklin Franklin Richards is the shit. Well, yeah, but can he take out Squirrel Girl? <laughs> uh, yeah, good question, man. Hey, she's beat Thanos. I mean, to be, to be yeah. determined. I was I was, was kind of half joking when I said it, but she has taken down Thanos. Yeah, she's beat Wolverine hand to hand. Mm-hmm. She Squirrel Girl is no joke, man. For whatever fucking reason. Yeah. So, anyway. moving on. House of X and Powers of X are running concurrently, and they're Jonathan Hickman's um, reboot and relaunch of the X Men. Both series are amazing. Um, if you guys haven't been reading them, you need to get on it. No. Um, Joke. I mean, that's the best shit going in comics right now, hands down. Yeah. Um, there's some real. Uh, no, we're not going to spoil. We're not. Gonna, we're not going to spoil it. But I mean, e if you if you've been reading it, um, there's some major <laughs> revelations about apocalypse. Um, it it feels like the X Men comic that you should be reading. I mean, it's, it, it's the best shit to me in X-Men since Grant Morrison. Yeah. And I know that, you know, not everybody was a huge fan of Morrison's run, but I'm a Morrison it. mark. Um, it. Yeah, and, like, it, it's the first time since Morrison that I've read and enjoyed 
an X-Men book. Not not so much even read and enjoyed, but read and just like, fuck, I have to wait another week for the next part. Yeah. You know, it's like, after Morrison left the books, I was like, eh, well, you know, it was more of a like, I'll pick up X-Men this month, but I was never excited about it for a long time. Yeah. This is the most excited I've been about X-Men in since 2003 about that i mean and the thing was was like marvel f- followed morrison's run with fucking chuck austin which basically to me and really uh, a lot of damage yeah and universally that it's considered the worst x-men run in the history of he x-men. did have good little bits here and there but overall it was so flawed and so bad it's ugh. But yeah, what he did, what he did to Juggernaut, the wreck. Cool. You like what he did to Juggernaut? No, I'm talking about the friendship that he had with the little kid and how oh, he reformed him. No, I'm talking about Sammy, the little fish boy. Oh, Sam, that's right. Shit, I get those two confused all the time. But yeah, um, X Men is fun again, guys. It's it's, it's amazing. It and yet, really is. And yes, Eric von Wolfenstein. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, he did write action comics. Um, his action comics run wasn't half as bad as his X Men run. Um, but I, I really don't dig anything that he's done, personally. Yeah, I mean, I would consider his X Men stuff the worst stuff that was ever published. Uh, <laughs> I'm basically that, that, that he's written, you know. Uh, most other of his comic works isn't bad. That was bad, though. Yeah, his action comics run is considered bad, too, but it wasn't bad at the level of what he did to the X-Men. It, it wasn't like, you know, it didn't come with a warning on the front that said, burn after reading. <laughs> Which is what his X-Men books made me want to do. And now I'm going to call out our fucking Hobbit for not being caught up. Oh my god, what I know fuck, dude. I need, I need to get wait, so how many issues into each are there? Five into each. No, five into five in the house, four into powers. Okay, I five comes out next Wednesday. <clears throat> I might go get them tomorrow then. Then house six comes out the following Wednesday, and then power six comes out the Wednesday after, and then all the new books launch in October. Uh, uh the remainder okay. of October and November. So, the, the great jumping on point, get House of X number one and start reading these. You will not regret it. If you were a fan of the X-Men in any way, form, or fashion, uh, you'll absolutely love what's going on. Dust hasn't read modern comics in years, and he is loving this shit. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It like, just from, like, how... You know, the things that Dust enjoys to read. I didn't think that he'd be into this, but like, he, it, it was cool because he, he was like, here I go into House of X and Powers of X. And he was like, kind of, he was kind of tentative. And like, the more he read it, you know, his comments in that th- thread just showed how much like he's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were at a hangout and the excitement in his voice about what he was reading. He was like, it's blowing my mind. I'm having to read it two or three times, but this shit's so good. And like, the thing is, is like they came out with that whole Krakoan language. 
mm-hmm. and I haven't gone back and like translated everything because I, I just can't. But like they I, do I, have I feel, a I feel like for it. yeah, they do have a cipher for it. So like all of the Cohen language stuff in the middle beginnings and the end of the book, there is a cipher for it. Um, you can translate it. I just. I feel like I'm missing something, but the book's enjoyable enough that I don't care. Mm-hmm. I have to f- catch up on that book, dude. Rob, you really do, man. If if you like X Men at all, this is uh, this is so interesting. Sounds like it's more akin to like old X Men. No, no, it's not, it's it's not unlike anything you ever read before. It's oh, it's more it, even more than um, Hickman's Avengers run. This is more like Hickman's independent stuff. Oh, <clears throat> and that's that's a good thing. Even his Avengers stuff, man. It, it was um, I feel like with with Hickman, you just gotta uh, like put some trust into it and know that, that everything is gonna pay off. Because there is some stuff like you said, um, like that you don't understand for a while. Hickman is one of the few writers in comics that pays everything off. Yeah, because I, I and I think that just um, Snyder too, but I think that Snyder. I think that just just is a testament to how well everything is thought out. You know, because yeah, you see so much with like they make decisions and then like if something uh, if there's excitement behind something, then they kind of like retroactively explain it or or make it fit into the story but like they always had it's like i said like they have everything figured out from a to z there was a lot of that in the apocalypse twins run yeah yeah there there was stuff that like people really dug on and towards and like he read it and changed what he Mm -hmm. you know and added more exposition and like the thing i really like about hickman is marvel and dc both have really been into like decompressed storytelling ever since bendis got popular yeah you know what i mean where like it's five or six issues where nothing happens Hickman has those emotional beats that it takes writers like Bendis like six or seven issues to get through. I'd I'd say Hickman and then um, like Rick Remender, I would put in that same pocket. Yeah. It is like is like they can they can get you to see those beats that kind of keep you invested in it, right? Yeah. To where um, and, and Snyder again. Yeah, Snyder man. It's like there is. I get I get what the, the the market model is for comics is like you get people to buy issues and then, and then there is that payoff but it, it does take like a special writer to to keep you wanting to read it more than just wanting to see what the payoff's gonna be right yeah it, it's it's like getting you to still care about the characters getting you to still relate to them see yourself in them and, and in the story and and see, like, I think that, like, a writer like Bendis, where, like, you're waiting for the payoff, um, it's, it's cheap and me. half the time it comes, it doesn't, you know, it's, <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm not a huge Bendis fan. Um, he did some great stuff in Ultimate Spider-Man, and when he first started, first started on Avengers, he was really good, but, 
I, I'm not a big fan of his stuff. I didn't even like his Daredevil run. Dude, I didn't care for that either, man. So, like, the, the best things I liked from Bendis were, were um, things like Disassembled. Um, and then I liked Siege a lot because it was only um, – it was either four or six issues. But, yeah. it, but it basically wasn't long enough for him to mess it up. You know, and I, and I don't know if that was his choice or, or Marvel's choice to say, hey, we're only going to make this this many issues, but it was a tight story. And I think before that, the big one was um, Secret Invasion. Yeah. Which was drug on for way too long. Yeah, Secret Invasion was a chore to read. I think my <clears throat> yeah. favorite Bendis story was the first shit he started doing with the century. Where um okay that was broke out, where it broke out from the raft yeah, thing uh, Avengers first new Avengers, Avengers um, yeah new the, Avengers. It, was, it was the new Avengers breakout and yeah. then it was um I think it was the the, the title the tra- I got the trade sitting in my room yeah um, it was I, called I, it was called New Avengers the Century yeah so I I liked everything with the Century mm. I I did like some of his powers were kind of ill defined. But yeah. I like the idea of him as just being this kind of um, like a tack dog from Norman Osborn for one. Yeah, that was so that was really cool. And then um, just being like this, it's almost like the the like a Superman. Yeah, but, he's more, he, he's the best Marvel analog to Superman. Mm-hmm. And, and I like what they did with them making him in that villainous role, but the void. Yeah, but but yeah. I, I I remember it like in, in um like in those books he was just like just kill me, yeah, just kill me like I'm I'm not yeah. gonna like I can only um, cause harm pretty much so. The new Century series, if you <clears throat> read that, was really good. When did uh, that come out? Uh, last year. Okay, I didn't re- I didn't read that. Yeah, um, it deals with the Century, um has to go into a virtual reality world where he can be the sentry. Robert Reynolds does. Mm-hmm. And like it's this ide- idealistic world except that's where the void is trapped. And like his he had a uh psychic called the scout who lost oh, an arm. <laughs> and like the scout steals the virtual reality contraption. And he goes into it so that he can have powers again. And then something happens where the Sentry fights the Void and they come to an agreement. So the Sentry and Void are one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So oh. it was like a reintegration of all his personalities, like Robert Reynolds, the Sentry, and the Void. Because it's like, I think I liked it because um, I know he like made that like space on the top of the Avengers tower yeah. or whatever. I, but I think in Siege, when he like turned into that spider monster, it was almost like, I don't know. It's it's hard because well, like, that was the void taking over. Yeah. 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 But it's like, even that, I don't, I, I don't know if I, if I didn't like the way it was represented, but century in Siege was awesome, man. Yeah. Dude, he has like the best feats probably in the last 20 20- 20 years of any Marvel character. Dude, he ripped Ares in half, man. He ripped Ares in half. He killed and, and that, Loki. That's that he, shit. So he like, ripped Carnage yeah. in half. Yeah, in, in, in the breakout one. But it's, um, 
I mean, when you look at Hickman's, you you read Hickman's Uncanny Avengers, right? Yes. I don't remember like exactly when in the story, but like uh, three characters. Yeah, what's up, Jason? Like three characters died like in one issue, right? But it's like, I, and that that was like a special thing to me, just because I think it took some balls to do that. But I get those same feels when when I read Siege and he killed Ares, who was who was a big part of the Dark Avengers, which were <clears throat> in that time. That was a that was a big book, a big deal book that was going. Yeah, on. there there. <clears throat> the thing the thing about Siege was like. The parts with Sentry and Ares were the best part of it because yeah. Ares was like actually redeeming himself. You know, the whole story of yeah, him yeah, and Rose. Yeah, and, 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 and that was it was cool because like kind of throughout the Dark Avengers, I, I kept thinking about that with Ares. Like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you could fucking kill Norman Osborne. And he told him, he said, uh, in Siege, he said, if I find out you're lying, like, I'm going to take your head. He, he told Norman Osborn, because at the time he was the Iron Patriot, he said, I'm going to take your head, armor and all. And then as soon as he as soon as soon he found out, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Or tried to do until Sentry got him. But And, like, that, that's the other thing. Like, Ares has been really lying low since his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I so that, that's a that's a character I want to see more of. Me, me too, definitely. He, he's he's cool, man. He's interesting. Um, I like the the look we got from him in in all of those books. And it's like you said, like like he kind of got his redemption, even though he died. But um, but yeah, and, and I, I I I just like that that storytelling. You know, <clears throat> I'd like to see it where it wasn't as much build up. But but I think if you if it, if it's well written and you care about characters, then the buildup isn't a chore. You know, I think I think that Marvel went through like their Bendis <laughs> stage, where yeah, Bend- where Bendis was where Bendis was the head writer and er- everything was decompressed, and like Hickman, like he can tell that long story, but there's payoffs throughout it. You don't have yeah. to. Till the exact exactly. end of the and story, it's, it's throughout. It's throughout because because there's things that that might not seem like big deals. And I'm thinking of something he wrote, like um, like East of West, mm-hmm. when when you when you do understand characters and what makes the characters tick, little small things um are are, are like little payoffs along the way. You know, and, and it has to it, it's it's character development. A big thing with Hickman is world building. So when mm-hmm. you understand the world that that the story is being told in, um, little things that don't affect the story too much might have might have different payoffs for for like certain characters. But I think we lost Nick. Oh dang! Really? Oh, oh dang! What's the, hey? What's the next story? We can keep moving because <laughs> we probably spent too long on that one, anyways. I don't know. I don't know where he went to. He didn't see me. <clears throat> do you guys have a list of what we were going over, dude? I didn't because usually he posts it in the chat, but and he didn't tonight. But he didn't tonight. Okay, hopefully he's okay. What do you guys want to talk about, man? What's going on in the world? Well, I mean, can we talk about what we did at Area Fifty One today? 
Yeah, like man. The so alien shit. No, no drywall was safe. <laughs> no drywall safe. Rob might have polio. Oh wait, there he is. He's back. He's back. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. I clicked off of the wrong window. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just oh, shit. What are we supposed to be talking about? We don't have the list. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, just the last thing I want to say about Hickman before we move on is um, he does an independent book called The Manhattan Projects, mm-hmm. and that is just amazing. And I, like, I he literally has, don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, with, with that project, he has the space and the time to do, like, the very, very long-form stories. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. And just real quick, like if you if you've never read it, it's it's like a kind of alternate history set towards the end of World War Two, and Word. and it's and it's just it's just insane. It's yeah. insane. Um, the art's incredible, but yeah, absolutely. Conversation for another time. Yeah, but hey, we were that would be a good one that we could do, like what we were talking about. Saying. Yeah, we were talking about last night. So I was yeah. going to say deep dive into those those things. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm filing that away. Yeah, absolutely. Our next our <clears throat> next part of our Marvel news is Marvel is planning a Savage Land comic series and also a Savage Land movie. And what they said is that they want to do Jurassic Park right. So, is this, a, is this a live action movie or animated or what? Uh, from what they said, it's gonna be live action. Okay. So, so what are got, what, what characters are involved in that? Who's that uh, blonde dude? Kazar, Kazar, or Kazar? Kazar, yeah. Zabu, the saber tooth tiger. Sauron. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Sauron. Um, the mutates. Uh, a lot of them were in uh, Sinister's group, I think, the Marauders. But yeah, it, it's it's a deep dive, and then but like the thing about the Savage Land is that it's fucking it it's it is it's a jungle, you know. It, but it's a jungle where dinosaurs are still around and mutated fucking creatures, and it's about these people surviving, you know. I'm sorry, Sam. As I was saying, it's like anything goes. Like anything, yeah. anything your imagination can think of. Yeah. So I think I think it's interesting <laughs> that they're going to be relaunching the comic series. Um, they did have a Savage Land book back in the 60s. And actually the 40s, there was a Savage Land book. Wow. Is it goes back that far? Yeah, but uh, Kazar, Kazar or Kazar. I, I've always called him Kazar. But um, Kazar didn't show up till like the sixties and seventies, and his wife is Shanna, and she's pretty dope too. Oh. Anybody got anything to say? No, I'm lost. No, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, I think it would I'm be so cool. I'm <clears throat> behind in comics right now, man. I really gotta start reading more. Yeah, yeah. I uh, like I'm down for anything you want to do live action, <clears throat> TV show, or animated. Otherwise, anything, I'm for it. I was going to say, if, if it's live action, I mean, I I am worried about about where, where it's all going. Just because, he, I mean, from from Iron Man 1, we had, we had an end point, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't, well, third. I don't it, think just we re- need an end point, really, at this point. Dude, I want, yeah. I, I want one, man. 
I want one. But like Sam, there's so many stories you can tell. There's a lot of standalone stories you can tell. Not everything has to be in a No, no, I, I agree with you, but in, in if they drop one of those that I'm like, okay, this is what I'm attached to or a character that I'm attached to, then I'm in. But the Savage Land is not. It's just not that. Yeah, I well, hear that. See, I've never been attached to the Savage Land either. I've never been into it, but I would be interested <clears> to <throat> hey. new takes on it. You know what I'm I, saying? Yeah. I also wasn't ever interested in Guardians of the Galaxy. See, I was, you know, I, I was, but I didn't like the cast of that they introduced in Annihilation, which is basically the people in the movie. I was into the old Guardians of the Galaxy with like Charlie Twenty Seven, Nikki as the Phoenix, Martin X, Starhawk, all that shit. That's the Guardians of the Galaxy I was into, but like, yeah. you know, the new like shit. That's I like didn't always, care until the movies. Yeah, and that's yeah. Like always kind of what I remind myself about whenever like they do something that's more more low key or, or not as well known. I'm like, okay, I also didn't care about this and, and, and now I love it. Now I care about this character, so I will, old, I will take the shit with an open mind. The old Guardians of the Galaxy book had the most powerful iteration of the Silver Surfer. It was yeah. a, it was the hey, Silver yeah, Surfer called it was the Silver Surfer was called the Keeper. And what ended up happening was it was the Silver Surfer and he became the protector of the galaxy. So he had um, Quasar's quantum bands. Mm-hmm. So he had the power cosmic and then he had all of Quasar's oh, powers too. So he, it, was, it was crazy. Sorry, I think I've been boring you guys with the Marvel shit. Um, oh, no, you're good. You're good. We've been having some good discussions, man. All right, the next and last story for Marvel is the 2099 comics are coming back. We're Hell getting, yeah. we're getting at least a one shot of each of these, which is Dune 2099, Ghost Rider 2099, Spider Man 2099. D nine and Venom twenty ninety nine. I'm for it. I, yeah, I think it's cool. I really enjoyed the twenty ninety nine comics when they launched. <laughs> Me too, uh, especially Doom and Spider Man and the X Men. Those were really the three I was into back then. Yeah, we we had the um. I think we had, we had a Spider Man one, and I still have like the original one. Like it's all beat up and everything, but I had that and the Hulk, and like my son found those. Um, in our room, and like he he's always looking at him, so I think that's cool. <laughs> just because like, like at the end of um, Into the Spider Verse, when they show Spider Man twenty ninety nine, like he knew what it was. So I thought that was cool. Awesome. Nice. <clears throat> Miguel O'Hara, the guy that was Spider Man twenty ninety nine, <laughs> he was really interesting. I thought. Yeah, I thought that was cool, man. And, and I thought that what was that Spider Man show where um. It was after like the main animated Spider Man Unlimited. Yeah, like where I, he went to Counter Earth. Yep, and yep. I think they kind of did an homage to that. But like, I thought that show was good, man. I thought that show was good. I enjoyed it, um, especially because I liked that weird shit, like with the High Evolutionary. Yeah, me I, too. I was like really into that show. <laughs> yeah, like his shit, like the high evolutionary encounter earth were in that uh 70s jim starlin run of warlock and yeah. shit and yeah 
Those are some of my favorite comics I've ever, man, I've ever read. Starlin, that dude is out there. Oh yeah, man. Out of like, <laughs> they told they told him that he that they needed a dark side in the Marvel universe, so he created Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, Thanos is a badass. Yeah. Eric Eric V in the chat, he said it's been twenty ninety nine for years. Those <laughs> the longest year after. Well that's Von Wolfenstein. Sorry. Yeah. Um all right, moving on to something a little heavier. Um, Christopher Eccleston uh, did an interview, I believe, with The Guardian on his season of Doctor Who. And he detailed how he was going through anorexia and chronic <laughs> depression during that entire series he did with um, Moffat. No, it wasn't Moffat. That was when Russell Davies was running. Russell show. Davies, yeah, but Moffat was writing. Moffat too. was a writer, yes, but Davies yeah. was the showrunner. Right. That was um, actually my introduction to Doctor Who, his season. See, I used to catch the old Tom Baker shit on uh, PBS when I was a kid. I never gave it a chance. I would just flip on past. Yeah, I had a... Uh, to this I had, day. <laughs> I had my gay uncle... His name was Donnie. Um, he he ended up dying of AIDS, but um, he was really he was really cool. He introduced me to Doctor Who. He introduced me to like uh, Faulty Towers and shit like that. All the all, all the BBC shit that was on. Um, That's cool. Faulty you know. Towers was great. Yeah, and then like uh, he, I was waiting to watch. You can't do this on television on Nickelodeon. But before that, they used to show Monty Python. And so he was like, you need to watch this shit. So, like, he introduced me to so much cool shit. Um, PBS back in the day, WGBH, was the Boston um, PBS. And it was fucking amazing. But, yeah, um, I think I think it's great that Eccleston came out and talked about, you know, being anorexic, having massive depression. Um, he says that he's gotten his best reviews um, for his acting since he's been on antidepressants. And oh, if you, wow. if you, if you look at Eccleston and Dr. Who, and then you look at him now, there's a massive dis- difference in Dr. Who. It's like the version of Christopher Eccleston. That's equal to Christian Bale in the, uh, that movie he did. I think it's the mechanic. The Machinist. The Machinist. That's it. I would keep saying the mechanic, but it's the Machinist. That was a dope ass movie. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I, I just think it's cool that um, he talks about it because I feel like, especially for for men, it's hard mm-hmm. to talk about that stuff because there's almost like this um, like it's it's a very taboo thing, even mm-hmm. though it's something that, like so many people go through. Yeah, it's. It's almost that, you know, if you're a man going through <clears throat> mental health issues, you're viewed differently. You know? Yeah, it, 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 it's like you're, you're viewed as like, um, weak. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, I, like me and my wife would talk about this, you know, it's like she always tells me, she's like, you just seem like you, like you got it so together or whatever. And I'm like, I'm dealing with shit, but I feel like, I feel like I can't like talk talk to you about it because I don't want to be like a burden on the family. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Dude, I went through that same shit before I changed jobs. I was yeah, in yeah. massive depression. It was a bitch. And and it's like and it's nothing. It's like and I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like as as like <clears throat> like we're all dads, you know. Mm-hmm. So as as like the the head of the house, like you can't be bringing your shit into it, you know. So yeah. So I do feel, even though, like, if I told, if I said, "Hey, Jackie, I'm struggling with this and this," it's not like she would like shame me, you know. Right. Like, she would, she would be supportive and everything, but it's like I just don't want to bring that. And I feel like a lot of guys go through that, which is, um, well, and, and that's changing with time. It which comes down different. to you want to be there for your family, mm-hmm. and you want to suck it up and exactly do your best to provide yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. You don't want them to feel exactly the effect. Yeah, you. As a dad that suffers with mental health issues myself, <laughs> I I feel like I have to suck it up and you know not express my express my problems or you know burden like you guys were saying like burden your family with it because yeah. Because society tells you that you're supposed to be so strong and you're the one that's mm-hmm. supposed to, you know, be figure, the rock. Figure everything out. And figure everything out, yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to suck it up and deal. And and it's yeah. it's um and like I've got I've got better over the years of I've like got, I got Zoloft to help me suck it up and deal. Hmm. I've got I've got uh stag beer to help me, <laughs> help me with that, you know. <laughs> but um like I yeah. mean it is like and it's like I've gotten better, you know, like since um, I mean, me, me and Jackie, we've been together for ten years now, and I've gotten better about like saying because like I, I I know when something's bothering me, and I know when she can tell, and like yeah. she'll, just, she'll just give me this look, and I'm like, okay, this happened at work today, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm worried about this and this, and and, and it's always cool, but I, but yeah, there there is that pressure, like as a man to. Um, to kind of bottle that stuff up, and it, but that's not healthy. You no, know? it's not. You got to You got to be able to express what you're feeling the same way anyone would. And I feel like the more the more um, people in that public spotlight that come out and share that, that like mm-hmm. that's a better thing. And it doesn't like I was saying, like you know, like you see that shit where people are going to be like, oh, you know, kids today, or like people today are so soft or whatever. But it's like we understand more now than we did in the past so right yeah <clears throat> like we we do things to take care of ourselves that we didn't used to because we didn't have that knowledge so i don't yeah. think that, that that's a sign of weakness better living through chemistry for me <laughs> yeah. and, and then and then this, this this is therapy too you know yeah yeah absolutely stuff, i'll be honest and, i mean like for me you guys i I spend all day literally alone. Mm-hmm. Like I, my yeah, people interaction is very minimal. So I'm in there with all those gears turning all the time. Mm-hmm. And you ever yeah, want to talk dude, about man. something that'll fuck your head up? Yeah. Isolation isn't how humans are supposed to be. No. And I do that for and it's like 12, 14, even, 16 hours a day. Like for me, like I kind of thrive on some, like I, I'm, I'm a very introverted person, but, mm-hmm. but so like I do, I do like need alone time. And yeah, it's like to me, it's like when when I get that time, it's like I'm filling my gas tank up. But 
I, I could see like Rob, what you're saying when you get so much of it that it's like you, you just let your mind kind of race on its own and that's not always a good thing, you know? It's like, oh, the part, I can't stop it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it starts that's, down a path and it's just, oh, here we go. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> you get hung up on some, on some little, some, some little things, you know, and it's like, you can't get your mind out of it. And it's like, I, I'll say with my job, like I'll speak candidly. It's like, Something will happen in the day, and like I take that shit home with me. Yeah, like 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 a bad interaction with the kids, and like I communicate that to them. You know, I'm like you, you like you, you might you did this in class, and it made me feel this way. When I was at my old you job, know? I was really bad for that too. Like everything came home. I could not leave yeah. work. Now it's not so bad, but like it, my <clears> problem <throat> is now if some shit happens outside of work because my job goes pretty smoothly 99 percent of the time. And the stupid little shit that happens now, it's just whatever. All right, fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. But, and it's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like in between because it's like some stuff I'm like, are you going to let this go or are you going to take it home? Because, my, not, you know. Yeah. My advantage yeah. is I can look at the person and say, I'm not going to be looking at you in another 35 seconds. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, for me, it's like, if I, I, if I leave it at work, I still got to deal with it the next day. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's like the nature of the profession. So it's like this year I've made it a point to be like, go address this shit before you go home. Yeah. Or, or else you're going to take it home. You're not going to be the same when you go home. You're not going to be the dad that you need to be or the husband that you need to be. So like that's why I've been better about this year. It's been like this hassling the shit out. Yeah. With, my... Go ahead. I was going to say, with, with, with kids as opposed to – waiting to see if it gets better or like dealing with it the next day just because I don't like, I just don't, I, I can't be taking that home. You know, yeah. my, yeah. my issue is if some shit happens at home, like you guys know what happened a couple weeks ago, why I wasn't on the show, yeah. that shit, mm-hmm. that stuff, that's what fucks me up now because then I'm sitting there all day with that shit just in my head and, yeah. and we had some other shit go down that was just, just it's stupid inane shit. But because of that, situation yeah no and it, i was it, already it, depressed it, 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 and i'm always yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you guys know like the stuff that my oldest son like he's had to deal with some shit and it's yeah. like sometimes i'll just be and it's like rob kind of like what you said when your mind's not busy yeah so it's like and it'll be like I'll, I'll be in the shower and that's like the most calm my mind is all day just because it's like i, I don't have anything else to busy myself with but it's like I'll think about some shit, and then it's like I'm right back there yep. when it happened, you know. And it and it's and I'm just no good. Yeah, the fucking three day panic attack. That was. Fun. Yep. Oh yeah, and I know those. Yeah, and it's the same shit. And it's like I come out, and I'm like, I'm, I'm upset, and, and, and my heart's beating a mile a minute. Yes. And, and yeah, and, and I don't know, man. And it's just tough shit. I mean, it's just the burden of. Uh one being a parent yeah but then i think just living on this earth you know like it's just tough shit it's tough shit we gotta do it together you know <laughs> and that, yeah that's the thing though it's like and that i think well like we're talking about him and, and the the issues he was having during the comic writing and whatnot with with us being men it's always that that strive to push their you know what i'm a man i can get through this shit it's just yeah. you know tough it out tough it out and at the end yeah. of the day it just it wrecks you, dude. All those years dealing with the bullshit I dealt with with my old employer, 
I perfectly candid between us and apparently on the air. There's a couple times I damn near tried to off myself over that shit. Like it got yeah. that bad. Mm-hmm. I literally totaled out a car. Wow. And damn near just it, as an intent. Yeah. I I think when you suffer from mental health issues that it is hard as a dude to do it because there's all that societal pressure. Um, then you're driving to work one morning and decide that that big line of trees looks real pretty at about 90. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you're sitting alone at home and you got a Glock in your hand and you're thinking for a reason why not to pull it. Yeah. And it sucks. It's like none of our wives or like people in our families would, would like feel like, or if we like came to them with this shit, like none of them would, would, would make us feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's that, it's that pressure that makes you not even want to do it. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. It's, it's a self-induced hell. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it, like you guys probably have the same scenario I've got where you guys have wives who have so much on their plate already. Yeah, man. They're literally the only one you can go to, but you don't want to add that stress to them. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, and that's the thing, like, I'm a stay-at-home dad. So, like, I get the things from dudes and women where they're like, why aren't you working? Yeah, it's like both. You know, shit, shit like that. And then, you know you feel that pressure uh with me personally of my wife being the one that works and everything that i don't want to burden her with any of my problems yeah dude and that that's like a a unique situation in and of itself you know because because i i think in my house it's it's pretty much like 50 50 like Mm -hmm. me and jackie work about the same i got the summers off but then she only works like three days a week so it's like it, it averages out yeah she's in school right now and that's like kicking her ass and it's something that's going to be beneficial to us in the long run but it's a a thing to where it's like she she's just had to be gone a lot more you know Mm -hmm. and it's like the i don't ever like ever want to or i never do make her feel guilty about that but there is sometimes where like it does show because um I mean, like, like, like there, there might be stress from the kids or like, like I got, I got, I do got to have to do a lot of work from home with my job just like because of the nature of my profession. Right. Yeah. And it's like a lot of times like, I, I might wear that stress, but I don't want to tell, I don't want to say like, Hey, like, you know, I, I got to do a, I got to grade these papers, make these PowerPoints, you know, cause it's like, I just don't want to burden her with that, you know? Yeah. And I could tell man, I, I watched my wife for the longest time. She was a stay-at-home mom, and everybody thinks stay-at-home parents have it made or it's so fuck no, dude. Because I, I yeah. do that twice yeah. as hard as I did. Man, it's like I could because I do that shit in the summertime. I mean, from basically from the end of May to the beginning of August, I am a stay-at-home dad. I don't work mm-hmm. in the summertime because yeah. I get paid through the summer, and I don't have to. But it, it's like, yeah, I mean, even even just being at home with the kids, like it, that shit's exhausting. You know, well, like, it's, it's a double no full-time job, yeah. like double full-time job that you don't get paid for. It is hard. Ass. At least at yeah. work, at least when I go to work, I get to deal with different kids. <laughs> I 
and come home and deal with my own. It's it's almost easier. Yeah. To go to and, work and, and then come back, you know. It, yeah, that's the thing. Like when the kid goes to school, like you're alone from the time they're in school and your significant other is at work. Yeah. So if you have any problems, you know, you're just alone. And it just runs through your head like a fucking bad tape. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, now that we've become the Debbie Downers of the. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eric Von Wolfenstein said, anyone in the realm who is feeling depressed, please message me. We're all bros here. And yeah, um, I'd like to extend the same thing. Um, I think any of us would be yeah. more than willing. And, you know, we've all been there, done that. We've all had, like, like we were yeah. talking tonight, we've had serious bouts of depression between all of us. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Um, so. I would never, ever not take the time to listen to somebody that reached out. So. Right. You know. Just know that if you message me and I don't answer at night, my phone goes to automatic do not disturb. I will answer as soon as I see it. <laughs> yeah. But I will right. answer you. I will talk to you. Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, you know, um, we didn't intend for it to go this serious, but we felt <laughs> like it was a thing to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So mental health's a big deal. Um, and... You never know what anybody's going through. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people don't choose to vocalize it. Um, and some of us got but, really good at hiding it. Exactly. That too. Exactly. You develop, you develop your own coping me- mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just, you know, if you're going through something and you need some help, never hesitate to reach out to any of us on this panel. And I'm sure Russ would say the same thing. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Because you know, he's hey, been there too. Uh, you know, love, I love The Rock, man. You know, these this group's become incredibly important to me in the past year and a half, almost two years now. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we may have our issues with, you know, off and on with everybody, you know, as far as everybody bickers once in a while. The whole the whole thing is like a family. We may spit and spat, but at the end of the day, we're all here for each other, and we're all going to come together like brothers and sisters. Absolutely. And we're going to fight like him occasionally too. <laughs> That's the fucking truth. Yeah. But we're always going to hug it out in the end. I mean, even even this show, man, it's like this. This needs to be like a social experiment of um, getting different people from different ages, different generations, different uh beliefs and backgrounds and just seeing seeing that they can coexist, you know. So it's like it's, it's all good shit. And Russ. <laughs> yeah, and Russ. And then, and then there's Russ who's always the exception, but <clears throat> Alright. We love him to post. We miss you, man. <laughs> Alright. Um to piggyback onto that discussion after we go so serious. And... Hey real, real quick. Yeah. Russ, if you lose a leg on a roller coaster, lose the opposite one to Josh so we can have Siamese twins happening. Word. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I can sew. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, guys, um, 
to piggyback off of the Eccleston news, um, and he had a really good he had a really good interview. Um, Stephen Fry has been cast in Doctor Who season twelve, episode one, which is supposed to be a, a spy centric episode. Dude, that's another dude that's very open about his mental health and the issues yeah. he struggles with. Stephen Fry, I yeah. love that dude, man. And he he was closeted for so long, and it just yeah. so much it it did so much damage to you know him. So that's well, a, so so that's another thing. Like you I know, think that's an age thing too, because he's from yeah. a much older generation, and back in his generation, ooh, that was a big no no. Yeah, yeah, and that's why like his role in V for Vendetta was so personal. Yeah. And like I could feel, I could feel that. I, I, Stephen Fry is an amazing actor, and he's funny as hell. Oh yeah, uh, his Fry and Lori stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was watching a show not too long ago that he did in the BBC. It was like some kind of travel show or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was he fun. Actually, you know? He actually like, traveled to America. The cab, yeah, that was what it was. Where he brought the little black cab over, and he was mm-hmm. going around the country. Dude, that was some amazing shit. Yeah, I like Stephen Fry. E, I hug. I'm a hugger. Me I'm too. I'm like man. Bailey. Me I'm too. I'm gonna tell you one thing. I hug, but I also grab ass when I hug. So, <laughs> you guys see me at TFCon? You give me a hug. I am grabbing your ass, and I don't care who you oh. are. I don't necessarily grab ass, but I do grab stump and rip sh- uh, rickshaw. So there's that. There you go. Well, yeah, but this year there's no chair, so you can't do that. Anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the hotel's yeah. got something I can steal and stuff your ass into. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to something that's somewhat funny. A man was arrested at Raw in Knoxville for filming people using the bathroom in the men's room. Hey, dude, why, hey, why do you think... Twitch streamer? Why do you think Nida Ren's not in the chat, man? Yeah, <laughs> Nida Ren, where are you? Were you arrested? <laughs> they take your phone away when you go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, it wasn't... It wasn't Nida Ren. I don't think I haven't heard from <laughs> Oh, oh, we we don't think. If it's you need bail, message. I can always. Text <laughs> yeah, um, we sold some T-shirts, man. We got a little bit of money from. Uh, we got we got like bail. sixty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's 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 insane, dude. I mean, it's like the lengths that you would have to go to. But <laughs> there must be some money, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like coming through on the other end. Could you imagine being the type of dude that's like, you know what, man, porn? <laughs> it just doesn't cut it for me anymore. I need to, I need some live bathroom footage. <laughs> I don't know, Russ. What's that like? Tell us when you get back. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself, man. Eric, 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 me in the chat and Dalton. Uh, Eric's like, you promise? Yeah, I'm gonna grab that ass, man. I ain't gonna lie. And I'm then, about to uh, start. And then Dalton, he's like, oh, God, flashbacks. He knows. <laughs> Man, I'm about to start watching shows if I'm out for the night. See how bad y'all rip on me. <laughs> it's just Russ. We're killing poor Russ. It's just Russ, man. You he's know, never he, coming man, back. Not, to be fair, there wasn't much life left in him after that ass whipping he took from me last week. So. <laughs> Fuck that little cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd, I'd send him love, but I mean, is he worthy? Yeah. Losing that bad, is he really worthy of it? <laughs> All right, guys. Next oh. story. Suicide Squad casting has been announced. Who'd they get? David Dastmalkian. I have who? no idea who the that is. The blue is fuck that? is that guy? John Cena. Ooh, I'm excited. Doing what? Oh, Jai Courtney. Joaquin <clears throat> Cosio. Nathan Fillion. Joel Kinnaman. He was in the first. Isn't Nathan Fillion a goddamn video game journalist? No. no voice Nathan <laughs> You're thinking of Nolan North, who's a video game actor, voice actor? Nathan Fillion was <laughs> Nathan Fillion was on Firefly and in the movie Serenity. Yeah, you oh, know what he's talking. Okay. No, yeah. there's another Nathan something that's real close Castle. to Castle. Germanalist. My wife loved that show. Yeah. Yeah. I know Next name is Mailing Ning. I believe she was Katana in the first one. Was she? Oh yeah, the yeah, okay. Yeah. Flula Borg. Oh, dude, that motherfucker is funny as hell. He's Sean Gunn, a DJ from Germany, who also is a comedian. So cool. Sean Gunn, who's so James, James Gunn's James brother, Gunn. who's so, Craglin and Guardians of the Galaxy, and the live onset actor of Rocket. He'll probably have like a cameo then, right? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, he'll probably get taken out. Juan Diego Bato. Most of these names I haven't heard of. I'm just going to read the names that I know. <laughs> Pete Davidson, Taika Watiti, the director of Thor and also yeah, the voice of Korg. That? Yeah, yeah. Alice Braga. All this DC and Marvel mixing, man. Now, think? she's from that show on USA, isn't it? Uh, what's the name of it? All right, carry on. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, Peter Capaldi. Hey. Alec Capaldi. Jennifer Holland. Viola Davis is returning as Good. Waller. Idris awesome, Elba. Margot yeah. Robbie. i about that, man. And Michael Rooker. Idris Elba can make a fucking bad writing look good. Dude, but here's no, he can't. No, he hey, can't. Because have you seen the dark talent? Fuck you, Rob. <laughs> but Rob, Rob, I'm with you. Yeah, but he was awesome in the Dark Tower. The movie wasn't great, but he was good at it. I don't want, I don't want Idris Elba to be wasted on some bullshit ass role. You know what I mean, exactly. dude? I wanted to be Bronze Tiger so bad. I wanted to be Razzle Gold, dude. Oh hell yes! That's that. That's it for me. Out of the new cast members, the only ones on IMDb that are listed for characters are da- that David Dasmalkin. He's going to be the polka dot man. And John Cena is going to be the peacemaker. Oh, God. I don't know about him. Which is kind of the role that, sort of the role that we were talking about for him being U.S. agent. Peacemaker's in the Dude, same ah. exact fucking moment. I'm cool with that, but I I, I wanted to be U.S. If I if I could pick one or the other, obviously I want to be U.S. agent. But yeah, but I don't like the dude that they got to do U.S. agent, man. Yeah. Like Kurt Russell's kid, he looks like a little nerd, man. <laughs> All right. Looks <Next>. good. <laughs> 
All right, next. Um, I'm going to go ahead and skip the Titan Season 2 stuff because Russ is in here. Well, well, one thing, they they did show the Nightwing. They did show the Nightwing costume, which was pretty cool, and you can find that on the internet. (laughs) You can find that on the internet. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Titan Season 2 is coming. The actor that was Robin in the first season is going to be turned into Nightwing. Cool. Cool. Next thing is John Favreau volunteers for a new Star Wars Star Wars holiday special. Wow! God, that let it happen. Is it going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be live action animated? Well, doing... I mean, it's not confirmed that they're going to do it. He's saying he wants to. He do wants it. to do oh, it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Oh God, man! I'm for it. Let yeah, it man. Like a new one. Just like do it. Don't we need it's fucking more train awesome. wrecks in our life? I don't think it'd be a t- train wreck if he did it. I, I don't mean, know. I think I think he should do it ironically and make it a train wreck. No, that's true too. But I mean, <laughs> Daisy Ridley out there singing, <laughs> and Adam Driver. Yeah, shirtless, of course. Singing Jingle Bells. Yeah. So that's the news on that. (laughs) (laughs) That is that. Yeah. um, The last story, I don't know if anybody besides me gives a damn, but DC Comics will be doing some backup stories in all their books with Sven Gulli, the Chicago-based horror host who is on WGN, I believe, in MeTV. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so Sven is in the line of like Zachary the Cool Ghoul and other horror hosts like that. Each like back in the day, like when we were growing up, if you were into that shit, each region had one. Like there was one in Boston, there was one in New York, Philly, and then they had a West Coast one. And Sven is basically the last one doing it. Uh, he show he shows classic horror movies and shit on me TV. I know, um, like you know the old school Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and even like crazy shit like it came from another pl- planet. You know, um, he's kind of a cultural icon if you're into that. Yeah. So DC is going to be doing backup stories with him in it. Anybody care? Ooh. I mean, Super I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would check it out in one of the comics that appeared in. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not like I'm going to actively seek it out though, because I have no idea who it is. But that's pretty cool that they're giving him a chance to do that. You know, considering yeah. where he originated from. Yeah. So, awesome. He's like the male Alvira. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll be better than anything Chuck Austin's ever wrote. <laughs> that. Yeah. And Bendis had a big, a uh, lot of to do with this too because he's a big Sven Gulli fan. All right, guys, that's everything we have for tonight. That's well, it. Hey, we got through it all. And I just want to apologize. I am in a lot of pain. So if I'm, if my affect is off or I was a little boring tonight, I'm uh, sorry, guys. Cool, man. Played it cool. 
I tried. So, um, Josh, in a few seconds, is going to play our outro. I just want to go ahead and just tell you guys that, you know, doing this show is a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. I enjoy everybody on the cast here. And I'm really happy every week that we see a lot of the same people in the chat supporting. Mm-hmm. You guys posting your pics of your merch yeah, awesome. is fucking awesome. True. Uh, I, I never thought that anything I d- I would ever do like would you know touch people enough that they would buy merch for it. Uh, I'm just like over the moon. Like when Lowry posted his pictures, Brink fucking mm-hmm. drinking from our mug on BTM. Yeah. Uh, just like just cool shit, man. And. There's going to be a lot more content coming. And it's not just going to be masterpiece shipy. Yeah, shippy we got a lot. We're, we got a lot. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff um, that we're working on, and I, I'm just excited. <laughs> Fuck you. Sorry. Sorry. All right. Are you okay? okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, cat shit on him. All right. Uh, it involves a cat, and it involves something coming out of a cat right in front of me, and I just whoop, whoop. Uh, so, hairball. Oh yeah, yeah. Nah, I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. Right through your settlement so, and everything. It's okay, man. Fucking, that's how we do. That's why cats so we, are cock smooches. Yeah. So again, sorry about my performance this show, guys, but um, I'm gonna end it how we always end it. Peace, love, and hair grease, Josh. We're out. Go ahead and play the credits. All right. Later, we'll everybody. We'll soon. Yeah, yeah. We'll throw that out. Everybody yeah, absolutely. Care.